Star from the 90s and Stars and uh, The Adventures and Broken Land from the 80s to Stars of the Hour, 1814, <laughs> falling apart this morning, it's 8.14 and this is the Full English Breakfast Show. Just in time for Easter, Cadbury has reduced the size of dairy milk sharing bars by 10%, passing the impact of soaring costs to customers as inflation continues to bite. Uh, Cabra's parent company, Mondelez, blamed an increase in production costs for the shrinking of its larger bars from 200 grams to 180 grams. But it won't do you any harm. Uh, the bars are still being sold at £2 in the UK despite the size reduction. Uh, US-based Mondelez said that shrinkflation, uh, reducing the size of a product by keeping its price the same in order to improve profitability, was the first for dairy milk in a decade. In 2012, a 49-gram bar was reduced to 45 grams, but the price remained at 59 pence. Now, one year earlier, the 140 chocolate bar was reduced to 120 grams. It comes as the cost of living crisis gathers pace, with accelerating food inflation placing record pressure on households. Now, last week, the consumer price index in the UK has struck a new 30-year high of 6.2% for February and is expected to soar beyond 8% in the coming months. The figures for February showed food inflation increased by 5.3% year-on-year, with prices of milk, fresh meat and coffee among the sharpest increases. They do it every year, don't they? What, reduce the reduce size? Reduce the size, uh-huh. Well, not every year, but so they're doing it more and more regularly. Bought any Easter products yet? No, I I saw them. Shops are full of them. <laughs> I know. The little lint bunny rabbits. Oh, I love those. But only the milk ones. I mean, the dark ones and the... And the white chocolate ones. It's, it's expensive, isn't it? The, the Lint. Well, in general, especially if you go to French bakers, the, the Easter eggs there are... Well, someone's had a good year well, if no, you're buying just, them in no, there. No, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. You get them in the supermarket. Mini you, eggs. Yes. And if you like Cadbury's mini eggs but can't be bothered to go and find them, then the, um, the Lint ones are almost just as good. Well, that's the whole point of going to find them. Easter egg hunt. Don't you hide yours? Yes, yeah, so nobody else can find them. <laughs> so nobody else can have them. <laughs> the Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. Now, the London Times says that Roman Abramovich is thought to have been poisoned with a chemical weapon during peace negotiations in Kiev this month. It was reported yesterday the Russian oligarch and two members of the Ukrainian negotiating team experienced temporary vision loss and painful peeling skin after a meeting on March the 3rd, according to an investigation. The apparent lack was blamed on the apparent attack was blamed on Russian hardliners opposed to a peace deal with Ukraine. Uh, Mr Abramovich, who was sanctioned by Britain this month as a close ally of Vladimir Putin, was spared by Washington after Ukraine asked him to act as a go-between with the Kremlin. President Zelensky of Ukraine said on Sunday that Abramovich, who owns Chelsea Football Club at the moment, had offered to help de-escalate the Russian assaults. The conditions of Mr Abramovich and the Ukrainian negotiators, who include Ukrainian MP Rustam Umarov, have improved since the incident, the Wall Street Journal was quoted as saying. A source close to Mr Abramovich said he had now recovered and was continuing with negotiations to try and end the war in Ukraine. The incident cast lights on Mr Abramovich's reported role as a broker in talks between Ukraine and Russia. The exact nature of his position is unclear, but a spokesperson for the oligarch previously said his influence was limited. 
In this morning's Parisian, a yellow vest demonstrator who threatened to kill Emmanuel Macron has been handed a suspended three-month prison sentence. The former teacher had chanted Macron decapitation, Macron explosion uh, during a demonstration in September 2020. The court announced their decision on Monday accusing the woman of death threats against the President of the Republic. In a video dating from September 2020 and which has been widely shared on social networks, uh, she was seen shouting uh, during a demonstration of yellow vests in Paris. Uh, during her appearance, the woman assured that she was not targeting uh, the man but the function of Emmanuel Macron whom she considers to be a destroyer of the French Republic. According to her it was not at all a death threat but a slogan a reference to the judgment of the execution of Louis XVI in 1793. Uh, Die Welt reports that the German economy minister Robert Habeck said on Monday that the group of seven G7 major economists dismissed Russian President Vladimir Putin's demand to pay for gas in rubles. Putin had said unfriendly countries would have to pay for Russian gas in Russia's own currency. All G7 energy ministers agreed that this is a unilateral and clear breach of the existing agreements at Habeck, whose country holds the G7 presidency. Uh, payments in rubles is not acceptable, and we call on the company's concerns not to comply with Putin's demand. And in the connection France, French group Auchan defends decision to stay in Russia as human. The international CEO has said the company is remaining operational in the country so as not to deprive its employees of income and to limit the effect of inflation on ordinary civilians. BBC World Service News live from London is coming up next, the full English breakfast show. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. Oh, it's me, isn't it? Hold it on. is you, yes. I've <laughs> got it somewhere. Yes. The wonderful Tuesday, terrific Tuesday pop quiz. Question Name number one. Every single member of Yes. <laughs> on this day in 1975, who went to number one in the US with Lady Marmalade? Uh, Patsy LaBelle, or it was just called LaBelle, LaBelle yeah, it was it? the group's yeah. only number one, and for an extra Christina point... Christina Aguilera. Uh, what? Who did a cover version no. of it? No. <laughs> oh. I want to know, for an extra point, which British act had a UK number one in 1998 with the same song? Don't know. Well, you do. It was the All Saints. Oh, I don't know that version. Uh, yes, you do. No, I don't. We play it all the time. Well, then now we play Christina Aguilera's version, don't no, we? No, not a, a Lady Marmalade. Oh, I've heard it too much. Oh, anyway. All right, OK. Well, He's quite moving like on swiftly. So. Question number two. Before uh, I works here. Born, born on this day in 1949, Dave Greenfield was keyboard Stragos. player. Very good. For Died a couple of years ago. He Very did, sad. of coronavirus mm. in uh, May 2020 at the age of 71. And finally, also born on this day in 1946, this Canadian singer-songwriter had the 1974 UK and US number one single, Seasons in the Sun. Terry Jacks. Correct. I remember buying that. It's one of your favourites, isn't it? Well, I bought it when I was about 10, I think. Was it 1974 it came 74, out? 74, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did buy it. I've just lost it. Never had it, I know, thanks. Riviera Radio. Uh... Good morning, Mr. Potts. Hello, mate. Or a manly nicker scored. I got you to swear live on air, if you remember. That was a good joke. I found that really funny. Uh, what, what about Alice? Time. 
Yes. I, I did very nearly get that? fired for that, actually. <laughs> I was hoping you Yeah, I forgot the mic. Well, I forgot what I said to you, but then you hit the wrong button and no, said something no, about Alice. No, song. I remember it clearly. We had, we had a new mixer and, um, and I kept forgetting to turn the microphone off so that when we were having our off-air chat at the start of the programme, uh, you mentioned something. I was playing the, um, Smokey living next door to, to Alice and you said, Alice, who... <laughs> yeah, and then I said something I shouldn't yes. have done. Anyway. You carried it on. But I, listen, 23 years, we've seen it all, haven't we? The dot-com bubble, the bursting of that bubble... 9-11, yeah. financial crisis, the European war. sovereign debt crisis, Afghanistan Brexit, war, Brexit, Trump. How's that going then? <laughs> let's, let's not get into that this morning. Why not? Bill. You know, I think <laughs> when we started, Bill Clinton was president was, of the United States. Was he really? Incredible. Goodness me. So we've been through George W., uh, Donald Trump, uh, Barack Obama, and now uh, Mr. Biden. Barack Obama, what a class act he is. How I don't amazing. know, but looking, looking back, I mean, uh-huh. well, if you look at the, the Syria war and, um, you know, his, his supposed red lines and he never actually took any action, uh, that emboldened Vladimir Putin, didn't it, in the end? Maybe. OK, not getting into politics. Uh, markets, uh, quite a good day on Wall Street again yesterday, mainly thanks to Tesla. Yeah, European equities, we'll start with you, gave up uh, gains of 1.2% to close flats. Investors continue to assess the risks emanating from rising bond yields and, of course, the war in Ukraine. Basic resources, energy stocks actually declined as commodity prices eased back on expectations that China will demand less as it embarks on a renewed period of lockdowns. Higher bond yields, of course, create greater competition for equities. They increase the discount that's applied to future cash flows as well. Investors also nervous about the gap between the 5 and 30 year yields inverting for the first time since 2009, meaning long dated debt is lower than short dated debt, seen as a warning sign in terms of recession. It suggests that traders believe that rates in the future will be lower due to a deterioration in economic conditions. We say over on Wall Street, better session there, stocks climbing in afternoon trading. A rally was underpinned by gains in mega caps and tech shares. S&P 500 rose for a third straight day, closed up 7 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ was up 1.6%. Looking at European bourses in terms of the open, nine minutes away from that. Currently calling FTSE up 29 points. DAX over in Frankfurt up 93 points. CAC calling Paris up 40 points. Yes, I've noticed one or two economists starting to use the R word with a certain amount of alarm over the last uh, couple of weeks. R meaning recession. What do you think the chances of that are? Yeah, there has been an increased probability. It still certainly doesn't remain the base case for most economists, it has to be said. They look at this inversion in terms of the US yield curve and suggest, as I say, this is a warning sign. The thing is, it doesn't tell you exactly when that's likely to happen. In fact, the average time I was looking at some of the data yesterday is 17 months from when the curve starts to invert. So I don't know how much we can take from that. Each economic cycle is different. And this one has been particularly different given, of course, the pandemic and the the policies that were put in place to try and alleviate those pressures. So that normalisation is probably different compared to, I guess, what we've seen in the past. I think there's still lots to be positive about uh, when it comes to the global economy. Unemployment still remains very low. If you look at balance sheets, that's household, corporate balance sheets, I think still remain very healthy indeed. We know the service sector still has room to grow. Inventories 
need to be restocked. Business confidence is okay, actually. If you look at capital expenditure, expectations still remain very robust. So I think there's still lots to be positive about, but there are some risks that are, that are clearly building there. So take a look at me now. So take a look at me now. <laughs> we could release this. <laughs> we'll have Dolly Parton before the end of this, I'm sure. No. No, I wouldn't put people through that. No, did you really want to make a record with me then? A cover version of Phil Collins Against All Odds. <laughs> <laughs> there was a good joke about that Against All Odds. I can't remember what it was or something. Something that reminded me about that. You released your Christmas song, of course. That went very well. <laughs> Going to talk about the see-through trousers in a minute. <laughs> so, when I think of you, I think of that. Every Christmas I think of you and that wonderful record that you made. It was beautiful. Well, you'd be delighted. The day you turned up to Canary Wharf in those see-through trousers to you'll, usher you out of the uh, Barclays building. You del- you'll be delighted to hear that finally, a couple of weeks ago, they ended up in the clothing bin. So uh, they're no longer glad to in the that. house. Yes. I've the donated them to, to somebody else. we had at the... Uh, it's uh, Hawksmoor, wasn't well, it? There's a nice. couple who were having a bit of hanky-panky down on the, uh, the riverfront there. You were really enjoying the view that day, weren't you? <laughs> OK, uh, let's move on to Tesla while we've still got a couple of minutes left. Uh, they're going to do, a, or yeah. trying to do, a stock split uh, to encourage more investors. The market like that. Yeah, shares in Tesla jumping yesterday after announcing plans for a second stock split in roughly two years. Update to help to offset concerns over a rise in COVID cases in China saw the suspension of production at its Shanghai plant. Tesla said it was increasing the number of its common shares will allow for a split by way of a dividend. It was all a little bit confusing, to be fair. Details were a little bit thin on the ground, including the ratio for the split. But anyway, shares in Tesla rose 5%, still at $1,059 a share. Companies including the likes of Amazon, Alphabet, Financed splits during the course of this year to reduce the price of their shares, making it easier for retail investors to afford them. Tesla is just one of eight companies in the S&P 500 to have a four-digit share price. Shares in Tesla, remember, soared after its five-for-one split back in August 2020. Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> I think that was a Lennox Lewis title fight. <laughs> Lennox Lewis? Yeah. Jeez, that tells you something, doesn't it? Okay, so you got your uh, got your little trilby packed up and your flip flops heading down to uh, Dubai for a couple of weeks. Uh, I will be going down there. I'm going to use up the end of the, my holiday. The holiday year is coming to an end, so thought we'd take the children there for uh, for a little bit of an Easter break, which is all kind of quite nice, isn't it? You are going to let me call you on Friday, so you can come and sort of just round things off nicely. Yes, I'll make sure you're finally packed up. I've got security there checking that you're not taking anything from the office, you know, the microphones, the computers, any Riviera Radio Cups, and uh, Riviera off you Radio go into the cups. sunset. The only Riviera Radio Cups we've got are plastic ones. <laughs> now, let's not talk badly of the station at this stage. Foreign exchanges, please. The pound against the dollar is 131 this morning. Euro dollar coming in at 110. You're going to get one euro and 19 cents for your British pound this morning. Thank you very much and uh, hopefully talk Thank to you, you on sir. Friday. We will indeed. Have okay. a good day. Bye. Hank Potts and Barclays. The local news brought to you by the Caisse d'Epargne Monaco Business Centre, a banking branch of the Caisse d'Epargne Côte d'Azur, assisting companies and real estate professionals at 27 Boulevard des Moulins in Monaco. Find out more at SICAS. That's C-E-C-A-Z hyphen monaco.com.
on FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lysen has the top stories across the Riviera. Residents are reminded that the Altmara team department is currently on a drought alert with eight municipalities having implemented restrictions on water consumption. Among the measures, there's a ban on washing your car, filling your swimming pool or watering your lawn. A rain is expected from tomorrow. And meanwhile, the forest fires which broke out in the Altmara team over the past few days have now been brought under control. And the fires in Val de Blore, Gorbio, Saint-Vallier-de-Tigny and near Utel were brought under control by the use of water bombing aircraft and large deployments of fire firefighters and firefighting equipment. Local authorities had warned of the danger of fires last week because of the recent dry and windy conditions. In other news, the price of petrol in French service stations has started to rise again, with a litre of diesel and Super SP95 going back above €2. Euros. Faced with the high price of fuel, the French government has announced a discount of 15 to 18 centimes per litre from Friday, April the 1st, for a period of four months. And this measure affects individuals as well as dependent professionals whose activity depends on fuel. The cost is ex- estimated to cost the government €3 billion. Euros. High school students across France have until this evening to submit their wishes for orientation in higher education. The demand is through Parkour Soup, uh, the post-baccalaureate admission platform created in 2018 and similar to that of the UCAS in the UK. Uh, candidates can indicate up to 10 wishes with the possibility of sub-wishes depending on the choices. Uh, they can also make 10 additional wishes for apprenticeship training. For those who may have any questions, the platform indicates that it's possible to contact the messaging service directly on Parkour Soup or to call the toll-free number 0800-400-070. That's 0800-400-070. The next step will be April the 7th, which is the last day to confirm each of the wishes and finalise the file with the elements requested by the establishment concerned. It will be necessary in particular to include a letter of motivation to explain in a few lines what motivates the candidate for the course or training. And note that after the results of the baccalaureate on July the 5th, and as soon as the course is definitely accepted, it will then be imperative to carry out the administrative regulations and registration before going on vacation, which is the last stage before the start of the school year. In a report published today by Amnesty International, France falls far behind in its policy of welcoming migrants. The 2021 annual report also considers that France is one of the 67 countries in the world which adopted laws in 2021 that restrict freedom of expression. Amnesty International also stigmatises the degrading treatment suffered by migrants, particularly in Calais, denouncing that the police and local authorities have limited their access to humanitarian aid and subjected them to harassment. Due to the lack of staff in the catering industry, the Hotel School of Provence, the EHP, has extended its recruitment period by one week. The catering industry has lost many of its employees since the health crisis as the the sector struggles to recruit candidates uh, to train for the summer season. According to figures from the Ministry of Employment, more than 237,000 employees have left the sector. Uh, To date, for the entire PACA region, Pôle-Emploi has 10,739 job offers available in the hotel sector. 
And finally, the Federation of Bakers of the Altmar team has created what could be the largest pambanya in the world. Uh, the world record breaker was presented on Monday at the Trade Fair for Hotels and Restaurants, which is on in Nice until tomorrow. And measuring more than one metre in diameter, it is hoping to make, in, make it into the Guinness Book of Records. The pambanya is a speciality of Nice and consists of a sandwich of the classic salad niçoise. It has historically been prepared as a use for day-old bread. Traffic and Travel, brought to you by Aston Martin Cub, your new exclusive dealer on the French Riviera. Don't forget the anchovies. You know, yes, the best one, Port of Nice. Well, that's a massive that, that opinion. Little, no, really, on that it? little kiosk, walking around to the, to the Cocoa Beach. It's known by all locals to be the best one. What's, par what's in parkour soup, then? Is it parsnip and courgette? <laughs> oh, don't. I've been going through <laughs> with Charlotte. And yeah. Spent most of last night doing it. Uh, slow around the Monaco Tunnel, but it's still open at the moment. Westbound slow at 58 Rockabroon, east and westbound a bit slow in the Cannes area. Moyne Colish, very busy. Basque slow around Marla because of the roadworks. Uh, big jam all of a sudden on the eastbound side of the Voir Rapide from the Russian church up through the tunnel. Westbound doesn't look too bad so far. No major problems on the penetrons coming down from Mujan to the motorway. Trains are OK at the moment and nothing to report at East Coast airports. Traffic and travel brought to you by Aston Martin Cannes, a Chopin Automobile Group dealership. 235 Route du Canet in Mujan. Find out more at astonmartincannes.com. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Football more teams from Europe will qualify for the World Cup finals tonight with the playoff finals taking place. Portugal faced North Macedonia, who knocked Italy out last week, while Poland played Sweden. Wales were due to play the winners of the match between Scotland and Ukraine, but that match has had to be postponed because of the war. There are also a stack of international friendly games tonight, including England against Ivory Coast, the Netherlands against Germany, the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania, Wales against the Czech Republic, Northern Ireland against Hungary, and France against South Africa. Here's more football from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Paul Serres at the BBC Sports Centre. The Watford striker Emmanuel Dennis has called on Nigeria fans to get behind the team for their crucial World Cup qualifying playoff second leg with Ghana on Tuesday. The sides meet in Abuja with the score at 0-0 from last week's first leg. Dennis says the players know exactly what is at stake and will give everything to make it to Qatar. These games these are the biggest games of my life, bro. These are the biggest game of my career. I swear, play qualifying for the World Cup for your country, this is going to be a massive game. And it's going to be a do or die, bro. We have to go all out, blood and sweat, bro. I'm going to give everything in me. We need to qualify, bro. Imagine the whole country, bro. We have to. There is no excuse, bro. I swear, I've never thought in my head that we didn't qualify. Impossible. The Liverpool left-back Andy Robertson has joined up with the Scotland squad ahead of their friendly match against Austria on Tuesday. Robertson missed his country's 1-1 draw with Poland on Thursday through illness. It's looking like a busy end to the season for Robertson, with his club fighting for the Premier League and Champions League titles. But he says he hasn't considered prioritising Liverpool ahead of Scotland. I love playing games. You know, I don't want to be sitting in my house if I don't... If I don't have to be, um, you know, I'm fit and well and um, I look forward to, to the games. I love coming away to here and I love playing games with Scotland and meeting up with the boys and, um, you know, obviously being captain and everything like that. So, 
you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully another cap. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Cricket, the former England captain Michael Vaughan said he would advise Joe Root to step down from the role following the serious defeats against West Indies. Root, who's been test captain since 2017, is under pressure with England without a win in nine games and having lost their last four test match series. Vaughan says that Root has taken it as far as he possibly can and if he wanted to talk about it, then he'd tell him to step down and concentrate on his batting. And in cycling, the Giro d'Italia champion Egan Bernal is back in the saddle just two months after suffering a life-threatening crash. The Colombian hit a bus at high speed in January while cycling in his home country and underwent two spinal surgeries. He later said he'd nearly died from his injuries and also suffered serious problems with his leg, knee and chest. In a post on Instagram, Bernal said that after suffering 20 broken bones, he was back and looking forward to the challenge of returning to full fitness. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaracim and the VAR. The general situation is weak high pressure, 1,025 millibars over the region. Winds are easterly, force 2 to 4, the sea is slight, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint-Jean-Cap-Ferrat, 1,022 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday, showers force 3 to 5 northeasterly winds, slight to moderate seas and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are variable, force 2 to 4, becoming easterly, force 4 to 6. The sea is slight, becoming moderate. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,021 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday. Showers, force 4 to 6 southeasterly winds, moderate seas, and then good visibility. The weather forecast is brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Hazy sunshine today, a light variable winds, temperatures 17 or 18 degrees this afternoon. Overnight lows 11 to 13 degrees with rain spreading across the region. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, sunshine and showers, highs of 15 to 17 degrees. The weather forecast brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Our qualified team of yacht management experts offer bespoke advice and services to owners and captains alike. Visit camperandnicholson's.com. Finally... Is it a blue moon or something? Everybody's suddenly really up. I've got about Marianne says morning. Morning. She's off to puppy class here in Monaco. Oh. That's early. Blimey. Didn't know Marianne was a puppy. No, she's got a lovely puppy, Norma. Oh. Yeah. Norma. And Anna, Anna is checking her messages since 5.30 this morning and waiting to hear from you. From me? <laughs> and Jeff is asking about my floorboards. Anyway, finally, uh, you might think business jargon can help you stay ahead of the game, but according to a recent survey, most office workers in the UK believe that it shows you do not know what you're doing. What? <laughs> according to the survey, blue sky thinking, have you ever heard of that? Thinking outside the box. Well, that's, in- that's another one. Mm. Blue sky thinking, meaning trying to find completely new ideas, is apparently the most annoying workplace phrase of all. Load of old rubbish. It topped the list on a 27%, while 26% of respondents said a think outside the box is the most grating. Other annoying uh, jargon included low-hanging fruit, never heard of it, yeah. something that is easily attained or dealt with, and touch base, meaning briefly make contact, 
and 90% of respondents feel some people use the jargon to try to cover up their shortcomings. Uh, 46% said colleagues who deploy these phrases come across as trying really hard to impress, while 43% just find them irritating. It's just management speak, isn't it, really? <laughs> 44% also said uh, that if they had a pound for every time their boss used office jargon, uh, then they would be rich by now. Uh, but almost two-thirds confess they find themselves sometimes using the dreaded jargon themselves. Well, as long as we're all singing from the same hymn sheet.